Matthew 7, verses 1 through 11. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or... Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Greg, we are drawing near the end. We're in the back half of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and you know, we have, we have two great passages today and two, I think, uh, often misunderstood passages. (laughs) So, you know, verse one of chapter seven, judge not that you be not judged. Uh, that is often taken out of context of like, you know, just be this like passive, like, you know, you should never have an opinion on anything. You should never have discretion or discernment Mm -hmm. on sin in other people's lives. Um, and then seven through 11, uh, you know, can obviously easily be kind of misconstrued into this like word of faith, um, prosperity movement of, you know, God gives all of his, his favorite children, private jets. So, um, you know, we're, we're kind of dancing in a minefield, which is good. Um, <laughs> that's really what reading scripture always could, should kind of feel like. So what are your thoughts on a, you know, maybe we, we work through this systematically or we can draw connections, but, but what are your thoughts on what you see here? Um, in our reading today, I mean, I think you you highlighted the two, the big sort of like the judge not yet, it, lest you be judged. It's sort yeah. of like the classic, like you know, I think I think you as a Christian you hear that a lot. I think you hear a lot from non Christians. Oh yeah. So if you point out something in just in life that you're like, well, I don't think this is correct, and people are like, well, it says judge not lest you be judged, right? Mm. And you're like, well, I mean, that's what it says. It's not what it means um, in the in the way that you're using it. I, I think it's important to point out that the the most commonly understood interpretation of this passage is this has to do with pronouncing judgment on someone as there would be before God. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, judgment itself is a good thing. You should have judgment. Like yeah. You should be able to judge between, you know, making poor and good decisions. Yeah. Like you should be able to make that judgment, right? Yeah. There's a difference between judging someone, the state of their soul. Mm-hmm. than there is between saying, Hey man, you know, robbing that liquor store is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, That's bad, right? Mm -hmm. That's not like, well, judge not, let you be judged, buddy. You know, like, let him be him. I don't want to to come down too hard on it. Like, no, that's ridiculous, right? That's not what Jesus is saying. And I think like, if you look at the way he follows it up, was saying like, you know, about the the log in your own eye and the speck in your brother's eye. Mm. You know, he's speaking into a culture where, especially with the Pharisees, there's mer- there's very much this rule-based sort of society going on where, you know, and then he talks about this in other places in the New Testament where the the 
the Pharisees are essentially putting weight on people because they're mm-hmm. creating all these rules. And I think so, I think in this context, you know, he's saying, one, don't assume and do not try to judge people as they would be before God because you're going to be judged with the same measure. And so yeah. being harsh to people, right? You can still point out to a Christian, to a fellow brother or sister accountability and say, hey, look, I think that you're making a mistake here. You can even say something is in fact sinful. There's a difference between that and saying yeah. like, you know, I, I'm I'm essentially judging the the um, the the ultimate destination of your soul. And I think mm-hmm. also what it does is it kind of points you to sort of like the mercy and um, grace to which we can treat people. Mm-hmm. The idea being like, you're a sinner too. That's the log in your eye, mm-hmm. right? You're so quick to look at other people and be like, look at what you're doing. Look at what this guy's doing. Mm-hmm. But you haven't really looked at yourself. And if you do that, and this is true for us today, if you look at your own life and you look at the things that where you make mistakes, you look at the sin, you look at the, the, what's going on inside your head, right? It, it makes you approach other people with humility mm. and kindness yeah. because you think, hey, man, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just a sinner. I got no, I, I'm not special. I don't have any like, you know, I'm not some, uh, 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 you know, super Christian. I'm just, a, I'm, I'm just like you. And so I, I, I am a sinner. And so I can't approach you self-righteously. I'm not going to judge where you're going. Instead, I'm going to, I'm going to with, with humility and kindness approach you and say, hey, brother, I've been through the same thing. I've been exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. Let me help you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I do it out of love because I want to bring you closer to the Father. Absolutely. Um, and I think that to me, at least in the, the first pat, uh, portion about judgment, that's kind of what comes to mind is, you know, the way as, as Christians, the way as Christ followers, we are to approach people. Absolutely. Um, it sort of encompasses that heart. Absolutely. You know, I, I think the heart of misunderstanding this judgment section is to think that Jesus is saying, you know, we need to be more passive with other people's yeah. sin and evil doing. And really, he's calling for people to be actually not let, more passive, but more active against sin. And specifically, uh, in the you know the point of having double standards, because mm-hmm. you know he says in verse two, uh, with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so, you know, he's especially pointing uh, towards this pharisaical heart Mm -hmm. that is, you know, being really scrupulous about the sin in other people's lives and then very like gracious towards the indwelling sin in their own life. And he's saying, no, like, and and this is a teaching that's reiterated all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that, the, the standard of accountability you set is the standard of accountability that you will be held to. But then, you know, he, he takes it a step further, which is to say that dealing with your own sin is, is the of primary importance in dealing with other people's sins. Mm-hmm. Like your pursuit of holiness has to precede and preempt the pursuit of holiness and others around you. Now, you should be devoted to the holiness of other people around you and, you know, accountability and all that is just, you know, that, that is all throughout the wisdom of scripture, but you know, it has to come from a place of your own devotion to knowing God and being like him. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's, it's just this, you know, pharisaical judgmental spirit. And so, you know, it, it's calling towards this this hatred of sin that actually starts in your own heart. And like you're saying it, then mm-hmm. it, it flows out from there. And so then, you know, Jesus kind of takes this turn into uh, this section on petitions, you know, on asking mm-hmm. and it will be given. And so he, he you know, he says, ask, you'll be given, seek and you'll find, 
knock and it will be open to you. Uh, and then Jesus, one of the great themes of the Sermon on the Mount is he really, really underlines the identity of God as your father. Yeah. And so he, he takes it right back there uh, with this comparison of if you were, you know, born in your sins, you're an evil person. If you know how to give good things to your children, how much more will the father mm-hmm. uh, who's in heaven? So, Greg, what, what do you make of this section? I would I, I think first, I, it just came to mind to me that this is a, a great time to point out that these, you know, when you said that these two things are taken out of context. Um, I think it's important to understand as a Christian that this is something that's often referred to as called proof texting, mm. where you take scripture out of context as as a as a way to win an argument or make yeah. a point. And I think something that it struck me as you were talking about the judge not that you be judged is sort of like if you took this passage, if someone says this, well, you know, judge not lest you be judged, and you applied it to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And sort of the extremist, like never make any judgment against anyone, he would not actually through his own words in scripture, not live by his, by his own words. Right. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus, when he's talking to the woman at the well, is like, you know, yeah, you've been married five times and you're living with a guy who's not, well, I mean, if you're, if you're using this judge, not be judged, sort of yanking out of context, you'd be like, well, I mean, judge not lest you be judged Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And that sort of tells you if you're a Christian and people take a piece of scripture and it doesn't seem to lie, you think to yourself, like, I don't think it means that we use scripture to interpret scripture. And so if Jesus says something and someone's using it in a way that he would not live up to it, yeah. obviously they're not reading it right. And I think yeah. that's very important. And these are two great passages. I just want to bring that up. Um, yeah. But I think here, I think that, um, yeah, you said this once again, this is one of those proof texts that's used for like, you know, sow a seed and God's going to give you what you want. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that if you, that, that God won't do amazing things. But I think the thing that, the thing to point out here is he says, ask, it will be given to you. Seek when you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you, right? Mm-hmm. Which to me speaks more towards the idea of you need to be seeking God, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then I think that what he lines that up with is at the end is then if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give, give, the, give good things to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. He doesn't say give them what they ask for. Yeah, He says give good things to those who ask them. Amen. And so to me the point here is Jesus is saying, you should beseech your heavenly father, right? Yeah. You should pray, you should ask, you should seek, you should knock, and God will give you good things. It may not be the thing you ask for him, mm-hmm. but you should trust to know that he will give you the thing that is good Amen. for you, that is best for you. And so this is not about like some system where if you ask for something, God's going to give it to you, mm-hmm. but instead he's going to give you the good thing. I think it's interesting that he says, if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent, right? Which is like, you want some food and someone's going to give you a snake. But sometimes I think we're asking for a serpent and God gives you a fish. Yep. Sometimes the things you pray for, you think it's good for you. Yep. And maybe it might not be an ultimately be a bad thing, but only God knows that actually this is not good for you. And so I think Jesus here is saying, be persistent in prayer and seeking God, right? And God will provide for you good things. They just might not be the good things that you think they're going to be. Yeah. Amen. I mean, yeah, we were going the exact same place <laughs> mentally. <laughs> so very awesome. I mean, because I, I do think like the fact that Jesus ties this to the identity of the father and uh, bestowing good things on his children, you know, that is so crucial because, you know, fathers also, as much as they give good things to their kids, they also withhold bad things from their kids. Mm-hmm. They don't withhold good things, but they withhold that which is not the best or it might be like a good thing at the wrong time you know and uh like you you see all the time in the way that parents like 
give food or don't give food or, mm-hmm. you know, even like try to like not let their little baby like start napping yet. You, right. you know, like yeah. there there's wisdom and discretion and strategy in how parents like seek the prosperity of their kids that their child does not understand. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make them not good in the slightest. It actually that that guidance is what makes you know these gifts good and, and it, it is all towards the prosperity the prospering the flourishing of their child and so you know i i kind of hate the the misnomer of the prosperity gospel we you know we call this like name it claim it thing the prosperity gospel mm-hmm. but i actually think like the true gospel is the prosperity gospel yeah. like like yeah, it yeah. is like god it's not like a heresy to say that God wants his people to flourish and to prosper. Right. It's just that he doesn't want all of his kids to be millionaires, you know, <laughs> and, and that's, it's a misnomer, mm-hmm. but that, you know, as we seek good things, he, he does bestow good things upon us. And as we seek him, we, our will becomes more in line with his. And, you know, we also like learn to take in trust when he says no to something you know, we learn to hold that with more open hands. Like, yeah. Okay, I guess that wasn't the good thing right now. Yeah. Uh, contrary to my wisdom. So it, it's a it's a process of faith and a process of trust. But like having the identity of God as as your father, uh, just is the crucial yeah like foundation there. So any other thoughts, Greg? Before we close up shop, I think that's great. All right, close up shop. We shall then <laughs> for. The great Greg Conley. This is Will Carlisle. We're going to continue to move towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.